So today I'm going to be talking about our life's journey and our path and how how that can look and not look and everything and stuff. And so what I'm going to be talking about is to those who have and those who have not and those who have and do not. And I can tell you that I have fit into every one of those categories at some time or another in my life. And if you have and you do not, I can tell you that that lifestyle is one that brings you into most turmoil at times. But we're going to talk about all those things and stuff. Have you ever had this? these people in your life that you notice... They look like they've got everything going for them. They have got the look. They've got the talk. They come and they've graduated from possibly the greatest colleges, universities, and whatever. And it seems like everything they do looks amazing. And and it is good. But the thing of it is, is that people can have... And they can come from, you know, uh, uh, generations of a family that's uh, really been productive and really good. But the thing of it is, is that we can have all that, and if we're not coexisting with God, with the Holy Spirit in our life, it means not. It means nothing for the kingdom of God. Now, it may be good, but it doesn't actually benefit the kingdom of God. And we can have great abilities, and it's about coexisting those abilities, though, with the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. And we can, we can, uh, we can do great things coexisting with the Lord. And so, excuse me, just a second while my iPad settles down. I tried to have notes for this sermon today, and it seemed like I wasn't supposed to have, so I have something to look at that makes me feel good whether whether I'm using them or not. So uh, it was evident in preparing this whole service, actually, that I was not to use any. I actually got the message for this title in the heart of this message a few weeks ago, actually, while I was mowing the yard, believe it or not. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He's like, hey... Boom, gives you this stuff. And I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing. I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but I'll keep it in my heart. Well, then literally the week, uh, the following week, Pastor Mike says, hey, I forgot. I'm going to be speaking this week down at Abundant Life, and we need somebody to fill in. I'm like, ah, okay. So, so I'm filling in today, and, uh, thanks for the, He gave me the heart of the message, and so I had to get the parts to put around the heart. And it's bringing the parts to the heart and hope you feel my heart in the end is what I'm really hoping, because this message is really dear to me. And so I'm going to talk about today uh, a little bit about Paul or Saul in the New Testament. You know, he had all sorts of things that looked like he was doing great things. You know, I don't know about you, but, you know, when you first read the story, you think, you know, if you know about Saul, he was going around and his whole duty was to persecute Christians. He was stopping this movement called the way. He was stopping this thing 
that was that Jesus had started. And he was determined he was going to stop that. So he made it a mandate in his life, and he got permission to go around and stop this radical movement. And he was killing Christians. He was having them put in jail and all sorts of things. And he had, he had the permission to do that. But the thing of it was, he was doing all these things. He wasn't doing it because he was doing it for the enemy. He was doing it, he thought, for God. He thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was doing this for God. He's like, this is radical. We can't have this. He, th- he was doing it for the Lord. He wasn't doing it for the enemy. But it wasn't until that day he was on that road to Damascus. And he was going down that road, and all of a sudden, a bright light hit him. Now, what's interesting is that bright light, there also became a voice. And I'm going to read that here in Acts 9, if you want to follow along. It's actually Acts 9, 1 through 6. And it says, In Jerusalem, Saul was still threatening the followers of the Lord by saying he would kill them. So he went to the high priest and he asked him to write letters to the synagogues in the city of Damascus. And then if Saul found any followers of Christ's way, men or women, he would arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. So Saul headed toward Damascus. And as he came near the city, a bright light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Saul fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Excuse me. Saul said, who are you, Lord? And the voice answered, said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Get up now and go into the city, and someone there will tell you what you must do. You know, I always wondered why he said, Lord, Lord, when he was had never seen the Lord. He, he was actually working against the Lord. But the fact of the matter is, I believe that bright light, he saw the Lord and that's why he said, Lord, Lord, because he was seeing somebody. The other people that was that was witnessing did not hear the voice. And so he was the only one. He had a radical change in his life in just a few moments with the Lord. Have you ever had a radical change in your life with just a few moments with the Lord? Well, Saul did, and it totally changed everything he did. And as you know, the rest of the story, he was, he was into the city and he was to stay there three days as the Lord did a work on him. And when he came out, he was totally a different person. He was, he was one of the radicals. He was one of the ones that was going to lead this way movement. He was one of the ones that was going to stand up for Jesus Christ. He was one of the ones that was going to like have the Holy Spirit usher in the people. And that was just the beginning, but the whole problem was, was that nobody would trust him because of his old way. Have you ever seen that in people's lives? They, something, something really good happened to them. They, they, they found the Lord. They were living this, this lifestyle that wasn't so good, and now they're wanting to do something good. But the people that always knew them or their friends are, like, oh, that's old so-and-so, you know, he does this or that or she does this or that or whatever and stuff. And it 
they're not able to see the new man that's in them and stuff. And the other, the other thing is that the problem is, is when you've had this radical change is that, and I've seen this, I've poured into people time and time again and, and led them into a different life. But what happens is, is they go back to the old friend set, the old people that they, they always hung around. And they were not uplifting. They were not encouraging. They, they, what they did was tried to pull them back into the old lifestyle. And as they stayed around these people long enough, that's exactly what they did. They went back into their old lifestyle and started living that way. I tell you, when we make a change, we have to make a change. And it may mean new friends. It may mean totally changing the whole way that we live. And we don't care what it looks like to the old friends. But we are now on a new journey, one that is going to be led by the Holy Spirit. And it's going to totally change our life. But so many people fail at that part where they go back to the old lifestyle. And I may be speaking to some of you here today or some of you that's watching on television, but I'm telling you that we have to make a full effort if we're going to be somebody who wants to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't be living two different lifestyles. We have to live one lifestyle that examples who it is that we're trying to be. And I'm telling you that there is something in you as you become a believer that the Lord is trying to give you a destiny to go do. There isn't one person who knows Jesus Christ that the Lord doesn't have a destiny for you to do something that is going to make a difference in your life and other people's lives. It is the fact is, are you willing to go on that destiny with him? Are you willing to let go of that old lifestyle completely? We sometimes want to drag along with us a few parts of it. Have you ever drug an anchor in the ground? It gets hard to pull. And that's what happens if we don't let go. We just got to let go. And so that's what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about those who have. Do you have Jesus Christ? Maybe you don't have. Maybe you've never accepted the Lord. Maybe some of you out here today, that's that way. But there's also those who have accepted the Lord but you have not let him take control of your life, totally control your life. And so I'm saying that's what I'm talking about today is that I hope that today this speaks to you. And so as Paul changed, he he made this purpose of totally going forward. And so as we go forward, we don't, as we let go, we're not held in bondage. We're, we're not held as a prisoner. I don't know whether um, you ever felt like you're captive, like something is holding you back, like you don't have freedom. Have you ever gone through a day when you just like, uh, you just got through it? Like, that was all you did. You just got through it and <laughs> you look back and you're like, I don't know if I did one good thing today for anything, or especially for the kingdom, and you just mark it off as a day done. 
Well, that's okay, but if you don't get up the next morning and be determined that you're going to do something like, here I am, Lord, I'm yours, you'll probably go through that next day doing the same thing, and there'll be just one more check mark. Another day, another check mark. And the thing of it is, inside of us, we don't have that peace and joy when we do that. We're like, there's no peace and joy. It's just like we're doing this routine. Have you ever noticed today, if you're not, if you're not grounded in the Word of God, if you turn on social media, which I'm guessing 90 plus percent of you do, you can really be confused. You can totally be confused. Like you, one day you're watching this, this says, oh, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, this is the right thing to do. And you're, and you're like in agreement. You're like, yeah, 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 that's it. That sounds really good. That's, that's it. The next day you're hearing this voice from this, from this side and stuff and like, yeah, that, yeah, that's it. And the next thing you know is that you don't know what you believe. You're like, being on a sea tossed about, as the scripture says, you just like being everywhere and stuff. And so we got to know our identity in Christ. We have to really know our identity in Christ if we want, because it's, there's only one person that's going to tell us what's the right way. And we got to have discernment. The only way to have discernment is, is being involved with the Lord every day. Otherwise, I tell you that if you're listening to social media, you're going to be one confused person. Because you're going to be, you're going to have more personalities than I don't know what. So, anyway, <clears throat> I'm telling you, we have to be grounded in the Lord, in, in the Holy Spirit. And uh, we can't be held captive by what everybody else is saying. we got to be held by the Word of God in our life and stuff. And I, I'm going to talk about also being held captive is... Um, is that there's times in our life that we just feel like we're imprisoned and uh, w- that we have no freedom. And I don't know if any of you have ever gone through that way, but uh, there's times where we just don't feel like we're doing what we were called to do, that we're being held captive. And I don't know if you've ever been in a prison or seen in a jail or whatever and stuff. And now that's the true, true definition of not having any freedom. You don't have any physical freedom, and you possibly many of those people don't have any spiritual freedom. And by the way, for just a little, for those of you that have known me for a long time, you may not know this about me—a fun little fact. And I'll get back to this later. But I've been in prison. And so I want you just to think about that for a second. And I, t- I can tell you, being in there is is not a good thing. And uh, you can you can witness such anxiety, such anger, such bitterness. It is, it is so tense in there. You can cut it with an knife almost. And now I'll give you the, you know, the rest of the story. Is any of you old enough to remember about Paul Harvey? He always had this thing said, and now the rest of the story. So 
Well, I used to be in a prison ministry, and we'd go into federal prisons. Some of them were medium to high security prisons. And you could see a lot of things in there. And uh, But it was amazing how many people in there were looking for something different. They were looking for a different lifestyle. They knew the lifestyle that they had was not a good one. And there's actually some amazing things going on inside the prisons of America today. There's some amazing Holy Spirit-filled people in there. And I have no doubt when they do get released that they're going to they're going to do great things. There's even churches that are actually putting churches in prisons now, and they have church in the prison. They have the ability to do that and stuff. And so, but <clears throat> something that happened back in the late '60s, early '70s, it used to be on death row on that cell block. All those people knew when their date was up. And the guards would come and they would get that person out of the cell. They would have them shackled. And then they would take them for their last walk down that cell block to their final fate. They would be that would be their day. <clears throat> and as a way to send a message to the other prisoners, the guards at one time, when they would do that, when they were walking him down, they would yell out to the prisoners on down the row of the cell block, dead man walking, dead man walking. Isn't that horrible? That's horrible. And they, now they stopped that from my understanding in the 80s. Not all prisons did that. But the men on their cell block on down would come up and they would look out and look at the man walking in his final walk of fate to whatever it was he was going to be persecuted for or had been condemned for. I'm telling you, we can be a dead man walking in our life. I used to be a dead man walking. Before I knew Jesus Christ, I was a dead man walking. Now, I'm not saying this to scare people or to make something totally out of something that's not, but I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus Christ... You're a dead man walking. That sounds horrible, but you really are. Because at that final breath, there's going to be a destination that you're going to go to. I tell you, you can live without Christ while you're here on earth, but I'm saying one thing is that you better not die without Christ. You do not want to do that. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. The Jesus that we serve is a forgiving God. He's a loving God. I'm not trying to scare, put fear into you to, to come to know him. I'm trying to get you to come to know him because of his amazing love that he has for you and that he wants for you in your life. He can totally change everything that you've ever done in your life 
If you were a Saul at one time in your life, he can totally change that around. He can set the captives free. That's what we're called to do is set the captives free. That's what I hope you hear today. I hope as the song says that you have an open heart today to hear this word and don't pass it up. Don't say, well, I can, I'm young. I want to go and I want to live life. I want to party. I can do this and that. I'm telling you, I have heard that so many times from younger people. But you know what happens to many of those? Is their heart gets so hard that they don't listen to anything later on in life. It is so hard. And I'm saying you don't want to take that chance. You do not want to take that chance. Or maybe you're one of those that, you know, you've just never understood this Jesus thing. It it didn't sound like it could be real. But yet there's something that just kind of keeps pulling at your heart a little bit. It just keeps pulling at your heart. And just as Garen was talking about that pry bar on that rock, if you just let him have it, he'll break that rock for you. He will shatter it into pieces. He will open up the heart so that if you just say, Jesus, come into my life, he will change your heart. He will change you into somebody you were called destined to be. If you're held captive, if you're, if you're wanting to let go and let God, I'm encouraging you today to do that. Because he will call you to be somebody. Believe it or not, every one of you who out here who have the Lord in your heart, you are called to do something. You are called to a destiny. You have something that somebody else needs. You have something that somebody else needs to hear. Or they need to see something from you. We are all witnesses for the Lord. Are you being a witness for the Lord? I'm calling, I'm talking to those you who have, but you do not that much. I'm saying, let's change the do not that I do something every day for the kingdom of God. Every day. Can you imagine what we would, what the world would look like? See, the non-believers are looking at the believers, a lot of them who say we're, that they're Christians and they don't see any different lifestyle than, than them. So why would they change? I'm saying we're called to look different. We're called to be different. We're called to talk different. We're called people to make a difference. And so I'm encouraging us today, encouraging you to have an open heart, to hear these words today. Do not turn away from them. In Galatians 3.22, it says, But the Scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. And in John 5.24, it says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. 
but they have already passed from death to life. I don't know if you're walking some sort of a a life that you want to improve. I'm 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 speaking to a lot of different people today. If you if you want to change today, as as Colton said earlier, the Holy Spirit can be a lot of fun. Like it can be a party some days. And uh if you like to party Change the way you party. Maybe you just have different things at your party. You don't have a lot of things that takes you and gets you so disoriented you don't know who you are. But no, you have a party with the Lord that tells you who you are. Don't you want to know who you are? Don't you know want to know your true identity in Christ? Do you want to be set free? Do you want to be out of that jail? Do you want to be out of that prison that you've been held in? Then today's your day. Let's not put it off any farther. I'm actually going to ask Laura to come up and play here just a little bit. And for those of you, come on up. For those of you who have been meditating on this or pondering this or maybe just today you've heard this message and you're listening on on television or whatever uh we're just going to bow our heads in here and give an opportunity right in your chair for anyone who wants out of that prison cell maybe you've been living that life that you just regret and you haven't been able to just stop. It's okay. So many other people have too. So many other people struggled in their life to just let go and let God. So with everybody's head bowed, I guess right now and saying, if that's you, if I'm speaking to you today, if you are one of those people that want to get free. I'm asking you to just raise your hand right in your seat. Everybody's going to, this is not a look and see thing, but this is all about the presence of God. And I'm saying for you to just raise your hand if you're ready. If you're ready to come out of that cell. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Ah, I see your hands. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Right now, I'd just like everybody to repeat after me, if you would, please, especially those of you who raised your hand and repeat this prayer. And I want everybody to get to speak along with me, if you would, please. Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I am a sinner. And that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door. I hear you knocking. By faith, 
I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior. Amen. Now, for those of you who had raised your hands, and maybe there were some of you at home who were listening to that and did the same thing, I'm telling you, the Scriptures say that the angels are rejoicing in heaven over you right now, this very moment. And I'm telling you, the mark of the enemy that he had over you, he had you captive in that prisoner cell right now, there's been a messenger come open that gateway, that door open to free you and let you out and run. Run for Christ. You are no longer a captive of the enemy. No longer will you be held at that prisoner's gate. Instead of the dark spirits coming to get you on your last breath, there will be messengers of angels that will come and take you to a glorious place. But that's just the beginning. Your beginning is to continue on now and to live and to find out what your destiny is for him. And for some of you who accepted the Lord already, who's been living that life, but you just don't feel like you've been showing the fruits of the Lord. Like maybe your fruit hasn't been that good. That the fruit falling from your tree really doesn't, it smells. Let's put it that way. (laughs) You want grapefruit because every one of you is capable you say well i'm not called to be i'm not called to be that type of person yes you are don't believe that lie every one of you are amazing every one of you are amazing because god has put something amazing in you don't believe that lie any longer today at the end of the service if you say Alan, I want to be somebody different. I want the fruit to come alive in me. Our elders are going to be staying up here. And for anybody who wants prayer, who wants a release of the Holy Spirit to to be released in you for your fruit, for you to know your destiny, I encourage you to stay and come up front afterwards. And and, uh, some of the elders are going to pray for you for that releasing on you. I really believe something good is going to be released today, and it already has. I thank the Lord for those of you who raised your hands today. It was amazing. Thank you, Jesus. He is such a good God we serve. And so I pray today as you go home, say, Lord, who do you want me to be? Who am I called to be? What is my destiny? Would you speak to me? 
He will speak to you, I guarantee it. He loves you. So I'm just going to end with a prayer. Lord, I just thank you, Father. I thank you that you had us in mind thousands of years before we were ever born. You knew who we were. You know who we are. It doesn't matter of what our earthly family was, of what we've done. The fact is, is that we're your child. And the Lord, you knew who you had destined us to be. You didn't look at us as to be something negative or something that the enemy keeps trying to make us believe. But Lord, you had amazing ideas about us. So Lord, I thank you for that. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that as we go home, that Lord, you speak to these people and let Lord that this week will be a radical change in their life, just as it was Saul when he encountered you on that road to Damascus. And I just pray this and all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you. Have a great week. Enjoy the day.